everybody. Welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, a Tales from the Crypt review. Today, I'm reviewing Demon Knight. But it's also a very special episode because I have a special guest. Introduce yourself, sir. Hey, everyone. My name is Jonathan. I'm from CryptTube. Uh, glad to be here on the, uh, the podcast. Thank you for having me, Melissa. Ah, no problem. We've been planning this for some time, so it's exciting to get to sit down and, and chat with you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, I've been wanting to, like, you know, have a, an open-ended discussion with you about uh, any crypt content that, you know, uh, comes up. And, you know, uh, Demon Knight happened to come up for you, and I, I was more than happy to be here for it. So tell me a little bit about CryptTube. Uh, CryptTube is basically a YouTube channel that I, I host. Um, I basically created it to be a central hub for all crypt content that, you know, has been found either through promos, trailers, uh, lost video game footage, uh, anything involving the the IP itself. You know, I, I really created it to have fans be able to like really go back to, you know, yesteryear and, you know, have, you know, that amazing feeling of nostalgia for the for the content and for the uh, for the IP. Because um, I, I know for a fact, you know, a lot of especially promos, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of fans really enjoyed the promos and enjoyed the television series for what it was. And, you know, it, it, it really it really resonates with them and it gets them in, in the feels for a bit. And when they <laughs> see like a whole bunch of like lost footage for stuff um, of the series that they either have seen once before and they just like, oh, my God, I, I remember that. Or, you know, the stuff that, you know, either they didn't know about or something that they did know about, but there's a little bit more information to it. But basically, the, the, the entire channel's basis is to connect other Crypt fans to each other and just enjoy and, and enjoy their love and embrace for this for the series, you know? Yeah. And I got to tell you, I'm, I'm a bit impressed on some of the stuff you find. I don't know where you get it from. Do you have like certain I mean, I know there's people through you. Did you start the Facebook group? Um, it was started by uh, the admin, Eric. Eric okay. Fidrick. He started the group. Uh, I eventually come, came across it as, as a normal fan. And uh, I met him uh, at some point in the group and I was talking to him and eventually he made me a moderator. At some point, you know, he, he saw my dedication to it and he was like, you know what, man, like you're doing such an amazing job with it. Uh, you know, just, you know, if you're going to be the moderator, just go gung ho, you know, run it as you see fit and whatnot. But, you know, he, he really gives, he, he really allowed me to have the initiative to put a lot of effort into it by, you know, finding the footage and posting it to the group and sharing it with you guys and, uh, him and my uh, our other friend Ian mm -hmm. are also a, a great great Crypt Keeper fan, uh, oh well, Crypt fan in general. He used to host a, a uh, an old website on GeoCities. I don't know if you remember that web that old web host site uh, back in like the early 2000s. But he used to have a great fan page uh, back in the early 2000s for Tales from the Crypt. And you know it's because of uh, fans like them, fans like you, who allowed me to keep the Facebook group going. Oh yeah, it's a great group. Yeah, I've I've been there. I think probably before I started the podcast, and yes. uh, yeah, I met a lot of neat people, and it's grown quite a bit since I've been in it. So yeah, we're we're always getting new uh, members joining and you know subscribing to the channel or subscribing to the to the Facebook group, and it's great because you know a, a lot of people have a passion for the for the series, and they also want to. Uh, all I hear is you know screaming about revival. When, when are we gonna get a reboot? You know, when is Tales from the Crypt coming back? And, you know, like, like then that has to be the central focus of, like, mm -hmm. you know, the, the entire IP. Yeah. Do you want it to come back? A large part of me says yes. A large part of me says no. And I know how I, that doesn't seem to make sense. 
but um, I wanted to come back um, in the same essence that it, it originally came out in. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> however, however, I know for a fact times have changed when it comes to the content uh, that comes out in uh, society, and more than likely, it's probably going to be different than what, and as opposed to the format that we once originally had it. It, it, it could be a success. It can. It, it might not be, but. There's a whole bunch of undertones and factors that might factor. Uh, I'm sorry, not that might factor into how it could be a success or a failure overall. Yeah, I mean, I know I heard it was what M Night Shyamalan who was gonna take it over when it was originally gonna come back. Yeah, yeah, M Night Shyamalan uh, had uh, TNT pretty much above him, you know, helping him to try to make this happen. Wait, like the uh, channel, the TV channel? Yes, TNT. Yeah, see that that's the problem right there. Sorry, I mean. No, no, cut you off. It's just for one, the one of the things I love so much about Tales from the Crypt is that it's got so many different directors and actors and everyone is different. Yes. Because of that. So if it was just all M. Night Shyamalan, don't get me wrong, I love his twists, but I just think it would be too linear. And then the fact that it's on TNT and not something like HBO or Showtime or something that could maybe be a little more risque or out there. Yeah. Uh HBO had virtually no limitations, really. I mean yeah. When it came to some of the uh, the content that you saw on the series and whatnot, like you know, because they were a premium cable channel and whatnot, they were able to push the limits with what they can with, with what they can show. Um, TNT, uh, you know, they have to answer to the FCC, you know, yeah. for their content and whatnot. For the most part, when you, when you really think about it, the way they put out information regarding the revival, uh, they were talking about like, oh, TNT is uh, they're accepting like fan fiction stories from fans, you know, as to what tales that, you know, they could put out in episodes and whatnot. Um, that, that sounds like a great thing. Uh, but like when it comes to what they originally structured, the format was, was that it was going to be like a 10 episode one, I'm oh, sorry, 10 episode season for one hour of one straight storyline. And like, like, how do you make that work? If you're accepting uh, storylines from fans, you know, yeah. and let's say I could find some way to combine them all. But that just seems like a lot of work. That wouldn't maybe pay off in a way like so like uh for example there'd be one central thesis for the overall season and and like for some reason they somehow connect to each other and we all notice that at some point hmm. uh similar to like maybe how like how like how like uh the new twilight zone series kind of does in a way mm-hmm. like they all have some kind of connecting link amongst the episodes in the season but not really my concern was that are these tales even correlating or resembling what the ec comics did you know back in the 50s yeah but the the original series did and in essence like i I wasn't sure until i saw some more concrete evidence and and then uh i don't know if you know this but uh do you remember those uh those leaked promos from tnt that got put out no i don't think i saw those okay so there was a uh i forget i forget what the term for it is but it was basically like a um a concept trailer or concept clip of what the new series was going to be like mm-hmm. in a way. So you see like an old man janitor, uh, like mopping a, a dark corridor hallway type deal. And then he has his headphones in and he has, he hears this starts to notice this banging on a door in the hallway that he's mopping. And then eventually the, the banging like you see someone banging their head against the, the window and eventually it breaks and cracks. Um, then he's like staring. He's like, oh my God, what the hell happened? No one's there. And all of a sudden you see like this ghoul pop up in front of him and the, the screen goes black, but then you hear the Crypt Keepers laugh. 
like John Kassir's Crib Keeper Lab. Mm-hmm. A, lot of pe- a lot of people don't know this, but that clip was actually discovered by me, sent it over to Bloody Disgusting, and that's when that clip went viral. And how did you find it? There's a, there's a video web posting site similar to YouTube called Vimeo. Oh, okay. And you know how I look for promos, right? So on Vimeo, I was looking for Tales from the Crib promos, and somehow that one clip was leaked on that web posting site. Ah, uh, okay. From what I was told was that that video clip was not meant to be publicized. It was meant to be private, but someone, whoever posted it, didn't click private. And I came across it. And uh, the person, I can't, I won't say his name. I'm not allowed, I'm not at liberty to, to say his name. But the person who was show running that clip and that, that uh, revival, he was like, oh, so you're the guy who leaked it. <laughs> but essentially, when I heard the Crypt Keepers laugh, I was pretty much, uh, like, I, I was on my toes because I initially thought that if I heard John Kassir's Crypt Keeper laugh, then perhaps the news that we heard about John Kassir not being brought back was somewhat yeah. false and maybe they got Kassir to, to be a part See, of it. See, that was a part two that I didn't care for. I was like, well, we're not going to have a Crypt Keeper. Like, John Kassir's not going to be a part of it. We have all these other anthology shows and things that are coming up anyway. You got the uh, Creep Show remake thing or whatever that's came up. That, that That's pretty good. Have you seen some of those? Yes, yes. I am very much enjoying the, 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 the new Creep Show series. Yeah, it's, a couple I mean, of those were really creepy. The one with yeah. the um the little head in the dollhouse. Oh my god! Like, I was like, oh no. Like like and and just goes to show, like you know, Creep Show wasn't even uh it wasn't even an anthology series. It was just a anthology film. Yeah, and then you got the uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. I think they're doing that too. Now they got that one out, and then um I thought they were bringing back Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh they, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. Did. I think it was a, a short film or something. Yeah, so there's a lot of things coming out and stuff too. It's not like we necessarily need it. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm not really on a huge fan of it coming back. I still enjoy just a lot of the old ones and going back and and seeing it and how it's connected to EC Comics and just the different directors. And I just I don't know how well it would be done, especially if it wasn't going to have the Crypt Keeper and everything. Yeah, and and I thought about that that whole concept of John Cassier not being you know our master of ceremonies <laughs> as he usually is, and you know like I, I I always try to figure out how would they make that work. And they talked about. Uh, there being a brand new Crypt Keeper and he was going to be like somewhat human and like similar to like what you would see in uh, the the Amicus film, you know, like, you know, he's basically, he almost looks like the Grim Reaper in a way. Oh, okay. Yeah. In the first one, in the first. Yeah. 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 And I think someone, uh, I don't know who, I don't know exactly who the person was, but they made some kind of fan-made trailer of what the TNT concept might've looked like. That's what it uh, seemed like to me when I first watched it. I get what they, I get what they were trying to do, but I wasn't I wouldn't I didn't really buy into it, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a, it was a great concept trailer, you know, kind of seeing what they where they were going with it. If you don't have the original Crypt Keeper, which I'm gonna go when I say original Crypt Keeper, I'm talking about John Kassir. Yeah. Uh, I I just don't think it can I don't, I don't think it could work, but you know you never know. It it, may, it might not, but it could. Have you ever met Mr. Kassir? I have not had the opportunity to meet Mr. Me Kassir. Me neither. He seems like a pretty cool dude. Yeah, so so down to earth. You yeah. Know, uh, I do get a chance to talk to him every so often about uh, the IP or CryptTube or uh, just the fans in general. And, you know, he, he's blessed me with, you know, uh, a fan video talk, talking to me about, like, my deployment. He's blessed me with uh, the opportunity to uh, make a small intro video for uh, the PC game video that I made. Nice. So, like, you know, he, he, he's a, he, to me, I, I think he's a godsend. You know, the guy is, you know, very, he's very in tune with his fans. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He's helped me out a little bit on Twitter, too. Like. He's pretty open to just everyone just loving the history of it and being involved even after all this time. Yeah. yeah, it's been 30 years now, I think, since it ended this year. Yes. Yeah. It's been a while. 
Yeah, it's still, I mean, I still find lots of people who are into it or I'll see things um, like on Twitter, I'll look up Tales from the Crypt stuff and there's so many comments of people like, oh my gosh, I remember this episode scared me so bad when I was a kid or I couldn't even watch the Crypt Keeper and, you know, and all that oh, stuff. Oh, I was wondering, trust me, I know. Yeah, I was too. It was like, as soon as I got past him, I could watch the episode. But then I was like, he's coming back. He's coming back at the end. I got to see it again. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I remember when I was a kid, like, it was actually, remember I told you about Ian's uh, website? Yes. Back in the day? It was actually that website that kind of, like, allowed me to tiptoe, like, like basically dip my toe in the cold water a little bit when it came to the property. Because, like, uh, when I was a kid, uh, like, my brother and sister used to torment me with the Crypt Keeper. The, like, the laugh and, like, <laughs> the, 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 just, like, sneaking me downstairs saying, I, oh, John. You know, we got a present for you. And all of a sudden, they, got, they close my eyes, and all of a sudden, the Crypt Keeper pops up. They're like, surprise. And, uh, like, like, uh, I, I siblings. Have, yeah, siblings. You know, that, that, that's, that's how you get raised nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, but eventually, that, that fear um, pretty much translated into a, a straight up love and passion for the series. Like, I never thought I would get so devoted to learning so much about the series and just about the property in general. Like uh, aside from the series, like the comics, the films, um, the like, there, there's such a rich history regarding EC Comics and William Gaines and the, like the Senate Committee hearings. Mm-hmm. Like, like you would never, you would never think how much of an impact that property had on it, like in history. Like that comic book, that that EC horror genre is a reason why we have a comic book code in the first place. As soon as those first few years passed by after the EC Comics, uh fiasco like then we had the omicus films and then we had the tv series the tv series pushed the limits where what can be broadcasted on network television um and then they got syndicated and then they were on fox sci-fi a whole bunch of different other channels and like it still has an impact to this day well yeah and you can find most of the episodes usually on youtube too they may not always have the crypt keeper intro but you'll find them on there yeah absolutely because um like uh you have, you have fans who want to put the content up there for other fans to enjoy still and some of them, obviously, because Warner Brothers is going to hit them with copyright infringement uh, policies and whatnot. Have you read any of the EC comics, like Tales from the Crypt comics? Oh, yes, I have. Okay. Um, you know, some of them are really hard to find. I'm talking about like the original hard print issues, um, in which case, if I can't find the hard print issue like in person, I'll look it up online and you know read it through online means. But yeah, I definitely read the, uh, the EC comics for sure. Yeah, How I, about don't, you? I don't know if I've read too many. I do belong to another Facebook group where it's a lot of EC comic collectors and things. So it's neat to see the different things that these, these people find and like they'll go to conventions and pick up really old copies or some that are really expensive and uh, some that are in really great shape. And they'll talk about the different things like that or vault of horror, things like that. So that's pretty interesting. I like seeing all the different things that like you and other people find when I'm on the Facebook group, which is it's group of gore, right? Yes. Yes, that's what I thought. So if, if anyone out there is interested in Tales from the Crypt and you want to join a pretty fun group on Facebook, it's uh, Tales from the Crypt Group of Gore on yes, Facebook. Please join. Yeah, it's pretty good times. And then, um, like I said, there's an EC Comics group out there. And uh, and then what's your, you have a Twitter handle, right? Yes, yes, Crypt Educator. Okay. And then the other Tales from the Crypt one is Ian, right? Yes. Okay, for some reason, I always get you guys mixed up. <laughs> I'll see what you guys post differently. And then I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's got to be Ian. Okay, yeah. But yeah, so let's get on to the next thing here. Now, something I always I found a little interesting just chatting with you online is that we have an episode that we have complete opposite opinions on. Yes. And that would be Frieza Crowd. I don't know, it was like a couple months ago or like probably almost like a year ago. And you were like, 
what are some of your favorite episodes on and then people are listening to them and you're like one of mine's three is a crowd and i was sitting there reading it on my phone like wait what like how, <laughs> how is that okay because i watched that and i reviewed it and it's probably close to one of my my least if i had to pick right right so tell us why well first of all let me tell say a little bit about it here uh, so three's a crowd is about I don't know, this dude, and he's like an alcoholic, and his wife, she's being very secretive, and he's been wanting them to have a baby, and they're just not having great times. But then she's also kind of seeing a mutual friend of them as just friends, but it's it's very obscure to where he's starting to get paranoid, and then it ends very badly. Right, right. So what, what about this episode do you like it? Would you, or why you like it? Would you put it up near the top of some of your episodes? I can say like the top 10? I, I say top three. Top three? Yeah. Wow. And why is that? Okay. So just a huge disclaimer right now. The events of that of that episode is not why I love it so much. <laughs> you don't <laughs> like him dragging his dead wife's body across the bridge? Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> no. But, no. Uh, the reason why I love this episode so much is because, okay, so j- just take a quick rundown of almost every episode in the show, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of the scenarios that you see in terms of comeuppance and just desserts, they're somewhat cartoonish in a way. The earlier seasons seem to be the most grounded, dark episodes that you get in the entire series. When it comes down to episode, that, that, well, that episode in season two, I feel like that has to be one of the most realistic scenarios as to what would happen with that kind of situation. So if you really think about it, like there are people like jealousy and insecurity have to be, happen to be some of the most powerful emotions that can go through a human being's like mind or like emotional state. You really think about it, that kind of scenario could actually happen. And I'm sure it actually has. We probably either don't know about it or it's been documented. It's been brought up in news about uh, like a jealous lover killing their, their ex or their, their wife because they found out there, there was some kind of infidelity or some kind of misunderstanding and there was no infidelity. But this guy went out of his way to kill his wife and all of a sudden, like he, he didn't realize he didn't realize there was nothing going on in the first place. In this story, this guy, he had a troubled history with his friend Alan. His friend Alan had a better outcome of uh, life situations. Like, you no, know, he has a lot. He's, he's richer. He was rubbing it in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he, he brings it up to his wife. He goes like he's rubbing his face. He's rubbing my face in his success. And he's doing it like to try to get, get you back and win you back. This guy literally put his hands on his his uh his wife's lap and whatnot. He's like, oh, you know, watch it. I might take her from you. Mm-hmm. It was a history maybe that they had had something like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. They, they were once an item. Okay. Um, and then he was like, oh, I, I blew my shot. I missed my chance. You know, but watch it. I might take her back from you. So it, it, it's like this guy is building up this idea in his head that something might actually happen. He's a drinker. He has violent tendencies, clearly. So a guy who's unstable like this and that kind of situation, it could lead to something like really bad like this. Not that I'm saying it's warranted, but like the, the wife and the best friend, you know, constantly like going, think, doing things uh, to uh, set up the surprise party for the pregnancy without this guy knowing as a surprise, you know, it kind of accentuated his emotions and his mental uh, idea that something is going on. And then all of a sudden he goes out of, way, out of his way to kill Alan. And then he goes out of his way to kill his wife, Stella. And it, like the guy's sick in the mind. Like, you know, as soon as he kills her, he goes, you know what? I feel good. <laughs> you know what? Like, 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 why don't we try this baby out again? Like, you know, let's try to make the baby now. 
And he try and he tries to do this by dragging her body to Alan's cabin in his bed. Is that what he was doing? Because I'm like, why would he carry her or like drag her dead body to another house for no reason? It was to it was in order to like kind of stick it to Alan. Yeah, like like post mortem. Like okay, in. yeah, that is messed up. I don't know if I because at first I don't think I caught that because I was just like, why is he moving her body? He put Alan's body up on some antlers on the wall, which I'm not sure how he got him up there. Yeah, um, neither do I. I don't know if he got like a fucking twelve foot ladder or something. It was all that alcohol gave him all this power. He was able to get him up there and stick him up tape. there with some arrows. Alcohol fueled jetpack. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So okay. So yeah, that does make that a little more morbid the fact that that's what his intention was and then he heads over there and then of course opens the door and it's the party and everyone's like yay and you're gonna be a dad yeah and then like the moment the moment that happens like everything just comes in straight up clarity to him oh my god this is what was going on this whole time and it's like it's the most messed up heartbreaking ending to a tales episode that i've ever seen and all of a sudden it just cuts to seeing her dead body and it goes, goes black. And, you know, it, it's true what the Crypt Keeper was saying in that outro. Like, that's what happens when you let your imagination run, run away with you. You know, like, don't let your emotions or your mental state keep you from trying to see the bigger picture. There's probably more to something than you think. I will give it that, though. I mean, you make a good argument. I will give it that the fact that the guy who's actually having the paranoia doesn't have anything, pers- like, physically happen to him. Uh, yeah. That's not always the case. Like I, I'm by the time this episode comes out, the other one will that um, season five, episode two, as you sow. And that one, he's paranoid about his wife cheating and he hires a hitman that ends up mistaking him as the cheater and yeah. then kills him. And so like at the end, it gets him back. But in this one, it's some more something he has to live with that he did. The thing that bothers me about the episode is you can see how much this guy is suffering about the fact that he can't get his wife pregnant that he's a, he feels less than this other guy is spending all the time with his wife and his wife at no time tries to make him feel better just in order to give him this surprise party out of nowhere when you can obviously tell he's struggling and getting drunk all the time and no one at any time is like you know what screw the surprise sorry you know i'm pregnant it's okay please stop freaking out like like he gets really depressed me personally if i was stella and i saw my husband in that kind of mental state where he's trying to where he's trying to find this escape in alcohol and he's starting to develop this this mental attitude regarding the situation i think there's a limit to like you know how how much you can keep the game going here it's not going to be that big of a surprise if you destroy yeah, him in the yeah, process like, you know, before I he mean, gets there some people would argue okay no I, I think i think he kind of overshot you know where he was going with this whole thing he was going overboard he was drunk and you know it, he did what he did because it's his fault yeah, that, that's a that's a that's a straight up argument there, and that's true, because um, it, it didn't need to go that far, not at all. Um, the other argument is that you know, like you see your husband struggling, he's dealing with these things in a terrible way. Don't you think you need to like you know straight up tell him like what the hell's going on? You know, well whatever whatever side of the spectrum that you're on in in terms of the situation, there are wrongs on both ends. That's exactly why I feel like it's most like heartbreaking, terrible and darkest ending to a Tales episode um, that's in the series. And, and then arguably, that, that's how I feel. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It is it is a dark one. It's just I don't think it's going to make my top list anytime soon. Because <laughs> a lot of it, I mean, you do you put a good argument out there, and I, and I understand that. And I didn't realize the whole connotation of him wanting to get with her in his bed, which is kind of makes it a little more interesting. 
And the whole time I'm watching it, even from the beginning, I'm just like screaming internally, like someone say something to him, he's crying. Like, yes, yes. Because like, like, why would you keep that information when he's dealing with that? And that's, that's not right. Yeah. And but that's how a lot of the episodes are anyway. People just don't talk to each other, which I get it. It's hard. It's hard to talk to people. But it, I, I feel like if it's like your spouse, maybe you should say something. No, agreed. So you ready to talk about Demon Knight? Oh, yeah, let's go. Yeah. So, okay, so Demon Knight is a 1995 American horror comedy film, according to Wikipedia. It's also Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight. It was directed by Ernest Dickerson. It stars, it's a pretty decent cast, especially for 95. Uh, You got Billy Zane. He does a pretty good job here. He's good at playing a jerk anyway. So, yeah. So it's really, I mean, even in Titanic, I wanted to smack him. And then you got uh, William Sadler, who is a return to the Tales from the Crypt genre thing. He was in the first episode, season one, episode one, uh, The Man Who Was Death. Mm-hmm. And then you got Jada Pinkett Smith, Brenda Back, CCH Pounder, Thomas Hayden Church, Dick Miller, all these different people in there that come together for this movie. Um, it was a feature-length film that did pretty well in the box office, considering it didn't make everything back. I think the budget was $12 million, and it made $21.1 million. Oh yeah, yeah, it made bank. Yeah, so I mean, it did, it did pretty good. Uh, William Sadler, you ever? Do you remember the assassin? Uh, the episode? Yeah, the the, the basically the the transgendered uh, secret agent. Ah uh, no, no, I don't. It's been a while since I've seen some of the later seasons. Gotcha, gotcha. So um, in that episode, William Sadler is actually playing Death, his original role of Death from Bill and Ted. Oh okay. He like so Bill Sadler has. Like, he loves Tales so much that he doesn't mind coming back for cameos. Like, he was death in that episode. He he was the mummy in Bordello of Blood. And he was also on the spinoff, Two-Fisted Tales. Uh, I, forget, I forget the host's name, but, like, you know, he was basically, like, the Crypt Keeper for that series, that spinoff Tales. Yeah, I like uh, I like following him on Twitter. He's pretty. He seems like he's pretty down to earth, and he's just down to have a good time with whatever horror stuff people want him to do. Yeah, he, he's even said, like, I even asked him the question, like, you know, like, when are we going to see you come back for the for the rematch with the Crypt Keeper for Rock, Paper, Scissors? And he goes, whenever it happens, I'm more than happy to come back and, you know, uh, win that set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yes, yeah, so then this film will be followed by Bordello Blood, which is not a direct sequel, but um, the key artifact, because there's a key that we'll talk about later, uh, makes an appearance, apparently, in Bordello Blood. It's been a while since I've seen Bordello Blood. I remember liking it more than Demon Knight, but... I can't be sure until I've seen it again, because a lot of people love Demon Knight. Everywhere I've been hearing about Demon Knight, people are like, oh my god, I've had other people say they want to do the episode with me, and that's why I knew I had to have someone special (laughs) on the episode to talk about it, you know? I was like, it's been a while, I watched it a few nights ago, and really, it's really fun. And thank you you for bringing me into the discussion, I'm more than happy to be here. I'm enjoying this conversation so far about it. Me too. So this plot, it starts out in New Mexico, and it's on a desert road, and you got Billy Zane playing the collector, and he is chasing Frank Bracker. There's a bra- breaker, my bad. Frank Breaker, played by William Sadler. And yeah. I have to say, I think this is peak William Sadler when it comes to looks for me. Uh, I would say he's he's a rather handsome fella in this, just with the hair. I think it's this little swoopiness of his hair and the leather jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're driving, and they're uh, the one's chasing after the other. The collector, we're not sure why. Which is another thing I like about the movie because for like the first half hour, you have no idea what this twist is. You think that Billy Zane is the good guy. Yeah, that's true. Like, you know, you, you do think like, you know, Breaker is the bad guy of the story in the first few minutes. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, 30 minutes in, maybe even 45 minutes in, you find out it's the other way around. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, OK. 
So then you got Dick Miller playing Uncle Willie, and he's, of course, drunk, which he plays in a lot of movies. I mean, gosh, he was in, I mean, he's, he's mostly known for Gremlins, but he's been, he's been in so many different movies, just small bit parts. But he has a pretty decent role in this one. And so, let me go back here. So their cars turn and they crash into each other. It's a huge explosion. I don't know why cars <laughs> yeah. explode. It probably shouldn't have been that big. <laughs> That's what makes me laugh. It's like they'll shoot the car and then it starts, it's on fire. I'm like, why is it? Okay. It's still fun, but it's like I watch certain things. Even in Tales from the Crypt movie from 1973, they had one where I'm like, why did it explode? It, it, like it, defi- it defies uh, mechanical engineering and logic. Like, you know, hey, whatever. Um, <laughs> the, the best thing I could say is, is at least like Michael Bay didn't direct this movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. so they both walk away unhurt from this crash. And so Frank Breaker gets away and he tries to steal a car, but he can't get one. So he ends up meeting this drunk Uncle Willie, played by Dick Miller, and he takes him to this decommissioned church that's now a boarding house. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's in the middle of nowhere. I know it's close to the town, but it looks almost like it's almost like I think the movie like Into the Mouth of Madness or something like it just looks like it's on this hellscape. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how how long they were walking until they got there, because you already know that, that that's that's a small town. Yeah. Like, how far did you have to go in order to get to that boarding house in the first place? And Uncle Willie's, like, really drunk, so I don't know how he could even get there. I mean, I guess he's used to it, but... Yeah. Because, yeah, another part I liked was when uh, when Frank took a drink off of Uncle Willie's stuff or whatever he was drinking, and he made this face like he was trying to be cool, but, oh, my gosh, it's horrible kind of thing. <laughs> so they get to the to the boarding house, and he rents a room, and the owner of it is Irene, played by CCH Pounder. Lover. Yes, yes, she's great in this. And then you got Cordelia, who is a sex worker, who I guess they're kind of using this as like a partial, not really a brothel, but she works out of the boarding house. Yeah, they like, you know, they're like, whatever, as long as she pays us to, to rent the place, who cares? And then you got the uh, the postal guy, Wally. He's played by Charles Flesher, which I didn't realize at first. Roger Rabbit. Uh, yeah, Roger Rabbit. And I recently had him in an episode I reviewed for uh, Werewolf Concerto, so yep. I didn't notice it at first. And I looked it up, I was like, oh, okay, okay, yeah. Did you know he actually uh, auditioned to be the Crypt Keeper originally? Yeah, yeah. So that's got, I mean, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I guess it's, you know, no hard feelings or whatever. Yeah, like, you know, he was a good sport about it. He was like, you know, I don't mind being in an episode and I don't mind being in the film. So in some way, he was part of the Tales uh, franchise in some degree. Yeah, that's true. And then there's also a uh, an ex-convict or like someone who's on like a work release. She's played by Jada Pinkett Smith, who I think is is pretty good in this. Yeah. Glad they didn't go with Cameron Diaz. Yeah, I saw that they were gonna have Cameron Diaz as it, and I'm like, I, I like Cameron Diaz. She's she's fun, but uh, yeah, I was like, I don't I don't see it. Yeah, yeah. Jada Pinkett brought the attitude for that role that was needed. Like you know that like I, I read the character in in the novel. Yeah, I, like I don't think it would have been good because in the novel, Geraldine is a white woman, but you know I, I'm glad that Ernest Dickerson actually decided to talk to the casting director and be like, you know what, let, let's get Jada Pinkett to do this and whatnot. So. And then you got the cook from the restaurant slash thing down the road or whatever. Uh, his name is Roach, played by Thomas Hayden Church, who also always plays a jerk usually. And this is no exception. Um, so he shows up because he wants to sleep with Cordelia in a very weird way, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, <laughs> and so he informs the group like, hey, there was a theft on his employer's car. He doesn't realize it's Breaker. CCH Pounder calls the sheriff. So the sheriff shows up with his deputy. And then this is about when things start to get a bit crazy because everyone's starting to get heightened, like, awareness about something's going down. Frank is Frank Breaker is getting nervous. They're sitting there eating and stuff. And there's a fun line there where um, there's a cat named Cleo in the movie, a little black cat. 
And Cordelia, the sex worker, is sitting on the table, and the cat gets up there, too. And CCH Powder comes in and is like, get that pussy off the table. <laughs> and then so Cordelia jumps down and grabs the cat. Oh, don't worry. Cleo knows better than to eat that slop. God damn it. Get that pussy off the table. I met the cat. Cleo. Didn't I tell you to put him out? I did. I don't know how she got back in here. But even her, she's laughing like as she says it because she knows it was good. She's like, yeah. that was a good line. I liked it. The sheriff and stuff show up. Cordelia and Roach are upstairs now doing whatever. And when the sheriff goes up there to, to check it out, Cordelia is on top of him and he's got what it's extremely dangerous to me. Um, he's got jumper cables attached to his nipples <laughs> and there's like a huge battery and she's just cranking it. Yeah, she knows how to turn that man I on. I guess. You know? I was like, it was like, geez, though. Hey, hey, some some people, you know, they, they have a whole different taste of their kinks. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I, I'm pretty sure it's not actually logically safe. <laughs> hey, you know, movies, right? I guess whatever works. Yeah. Actually, now I forget. I forgot to mention one thing. What's neat about this movie, because it is a Tales from the Crypt Presents, um, I forgot there is a Crypt Keeper opening scene for this movie. Mm-hmm which I had forgotten to mention. It I, it was fine. It was like a shooting of, um, I don't know, it was like a almost seen borderline softcore kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then it, it's Crib Keeper yelling cut, and then it's him behind the director thing. And then I, I got to say, it was a little unsettling seeing him walk. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was uh, one of the first times we've ever actually seen him walk from a far pan to like a close-up. And, you know, it, it was great how they handled it. They pretty, they pretty much green screened an actor's uh, head and yeah. pretty much copy and pasted the Crypt Keeper's uh, puppet face onto that body. And, you know, it, it works well. Like, if you look at it now on, like, new t- like HD TV, smart TVs, it doesn't really hold up too much well. But if, if you really just understand the fact that this was in the 90s and mid-90s to make a, an animated puppet walk like that, it, it works, you know? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, yeah, it gets better later on in the end. But yeah, in the beginning, I was like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, so then he brings in the episode, which I enjoy because it's, you know, similar to all the, the series. And at this time in 95, the series is still going yeah. on. So, I mean, they're they're just really, like, getting into it. And I, and I think it works really well. I like it. Cut, 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 cut! What the hell are you doing? You call that acting? Well, yes, as a matter of fact, I do call it acting. Well, let me tell you something, pal. You're no Gory Cooper. You ain't even a Robert Dedford. Another take like that, and it'll be back to bit parts for you, and I won't say what bits I'm talking about. <sighs> All right, everybody. Reset. Reset, guys. Back to one. Director. What the hell would they dig this guy up? I give, and I give, and I... Oh. Hello, kiddies. So glad you could join me. Your old pal, the Crypt Keeper, has gone Hollywood in a big way. Care to see what I've been working on? So if you're ready, creeps, fasten your drool cups and hold on to your vomit bags. We're going to the movies! Frights, camera, action. There's one thing I do not like about that intro. What? They they cut out a lot of that intro. Oh, did they? Oh yeah, there is there is a lot more to that intro than what we saw. Like Universal cut out like I'd say about an extra minute of footage for that Crypt Keeper intro that we don't see. What else happens in it? Do you know? 
Yes. Okay. So, for example, if you watch the music video for Cemetery Gates, right, by Pantera, uh-huh. you'll see an extra piece of footage of the Crypt Keeper in a, in a, like a, he's kind of like in a hearse or whatever, and he's turning towards the camera. Then if you, there's another uh, behind the scenes featurette for You Murderer, which was, which aired on HBO back when the episode was first coming out. Um, you actually see the Crypt Keeper in that same hearse. It's like a it's like a hearse limo type deal, and it's on the lot of I guess Universal Studios and whatever. Okay. And it's driving from one end of the of the camera to another, and you see him laughing in it. The Demonite trailer, for example, also shows him as the Crypt Terminator. You know, <laughs> and <laughs> these three scenes were actually a part of. Um, an extended intro sequence that was not shown and it wasn't even inserted into the Blu-ray feature that we got by uh, uh, Screen Factory, which is a shame too, because that was a, that was a huge miss. But if you, but I even have pictures of the actual, the animated screen boards of, uh, I think what the actual term is, but it's like an animated screen board of how that entire scene was supposed to play out. You see the Crypt Terminator, you see him in a, in a hearse talking to the, to the folks who are watching and like, hmm. there's a lot more to that scene than uh, what we got in the actual film. But it was tied into him directing a movie. Yes. Okay. Is that out there where you can see it? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I don't have the entire thing edited together. Yeah. I, I, Do you have the cards? Yes, I, I have the cards, and I also have the uh, the actual footage that I, w- I was just detailing about. Okay. Okay. Cool. There's so many things to check out. I don't know how you find all this stuff. It's just like if you if you look up obsession in, in the dictionary, you find my picture. Like obsession. <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> well, that's good then, I guess. <laughs> to a degree, right? It's, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if your wife's cool with it, I guess it don't matter, right? Yeah, surprisingly, she's embraced the uh, the obsession. But yeah, I'm actually looking at the video right now with the uh, the screenshots on my CryptTube channel. It's actually on CryptTube. All right, awesome. Yeah, I have to go check that out. Definitely. So yeah, so now back to the movie here. Um, so Sher- the sheriff, Sheriff Tupper and his deputy, Bob, of course, Deputy Bob, encounter the collector at the crash site. And he just, of course, he walks off scot-free. They're both not hurt really at all. They're like, no, nah, you got to come with us. And of course, like I, Billy Zane does it well in this because he plays it, his character really cocky, manipulative, but like kind of comical. It reminded me a little bit of Beetlejuice. Yeah. The way that he kind of just flips out all the time. And so he's basically trying to convince these guys it's fine. We had airbags. The airbags are really good. That's why we're still here. And so they take him with him back to this boarding house. So now the collector's there. So Breaker's like, oh, crap. So then that's when the deputy like goes up to check on Cordelia and Roach, and they're going at it. Out of the whole thing he saw of watching them do that or interrupting them, he takes back the, um, oh, what are they called? You put him on the battery. Terminal. Uh, not the terminals. Jumper cables. Yes, thank you. I said them earlier. I don't know why I couldn't think of it. But for some reason, he thought it was interesting or important to confiscate those, I guess, because they can't do it anymore. I don't know. So he takes those, and he's coming down and telling the other cop, like, what's going on. They Why they have everyone down there, they learn that Breaker has this artifact and that he's lying about who he is. He says his last name is Smith, because that's going to work. Yeah, Smith. Yeah, even CCH Pounder's like, "Uh uh-huh. So... They find out he has this artifact. It's this key. And I think it looks pretty cool. I think it looks heavy. Oh, yeah. I, love, I like, love the design of the key. It looks really good. Yeah. It's just like this, this like golden base and it's got this circle and inside of it is blood. I mean, that you don't know yet, but that's what's in it. Mm-hmm. So then the, the cop finds out that both cars were stolen, that were, that were crashed. So he arrests both Breaker and the collector. 
so this is when the shit kind of hits the fan, which I enjoy because it's just everything's been, you know, just kind of fun and laid back. Instead of Breaker trying to be like, no, this guy is bad, which he knows is not going to work because of the reasons why. Right. The collector just gets really frustrated and punches the cop in the face into his mouth and out the back of his head. Knuckle sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) It's really neat looking, like the way they do it. It's just out of nowhere. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh. And like his hand is just he can't. He can't, the collector can't get the head, his hand out of the head. Yeah, like he, like, so he has really, to... like, shoved his hand through that man's neck. And, like, he couldn't even get, like, it was permanent, almost, like, permanently glued itself to his wrist. Yeah, and then he's, like, almost irritated, just like, oh, I can't get this head off. So he has to, like, rip his head off and then drop it down. And everyone's freaking out. That's another reason why Breaker couldn't say anything. Because he's like, what is he going to say? Oh, this guy is is not human. Yeah. What's going on? I mean, like, if you see someone punching through someone's face, like all the way back to the to the back of their head. I mean, I don't think you need any explanations. This guy is not human. So he kills Tupper, so and leaves Deputy Bob by himself and punches through a skull. And so Breaker uses the key artifact to draw the collector back outside. So Billy's Lane's outside the place now. And then what you can do with this key is you can open it up and pour a couple drops of blood onto like entranceways and it blocks off and seals like a protection seal around the door where they can't get in. Right. So now Breaker's running around just doing that, like sealing up all the little areas. So this part definitely reminded me of Beetlejuice because like the collector gets out there and he's stomping around. He's all mad. He's like, oh, come on, guys, you know. Fuck this cowboy shit. You fucking hold up, hold up. Well, they in there, motherfuckers. All you have to do is give me the goddamn key. Then we could get on with our lives. All right. This property is hereby condemned. And uh, this is when he opens up, he's standing outside and they're all watching through like the windows. He just like opens up his hands and it's got, his blood is really green and slimy. And um, apparently it's made from glow sticks that they just disassembled. Um, So it's real bright. So basically he, I mean, he basically jizzes onto the ground Mm -hmm. with his hand. (laughs) He's just like, he's just throwing it. (laughs) <laughs> hinges everywhere yes hinges everywhere all over the ground you're like okay at first you're like maybe he's just like marking his territory no he makes demon babies or whatever so they come out of the ground and they look great i like them a lot Todd masters that works right there mm-hmm. yes they look fantastic they're creepy and gooey like the first they have to form into what they're going to be so they're all like slimy yep. and everything and um what i liked is even in death the demons have to wear earrings to be fashionable yeah right they have like these big earrings on. I'm like, well, maybe those are the lady ones. I don't know. I can't tell. Oh yeah, the, the, like they, they were definitely set up for like the '90s style of that, that was set in that time period and whatnot. You know? Yeah, and they got these like creepy tails that almost make them walk like they're like velociraptors or something. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, they, some of them were even like they they had their, like their their arms like compressed. It wasn't even like as if they were extended to the point where like they it looked like normal uh, anatomy for like a former human who got converted into a demon. Yeah. Some of them were compressed and some of them actually had like regular arms. But, you know, uh, it's just crazy how some of them, like like you said, they look like raptors. And then they also have like these green glowing eyes similar to the blood. So that's important, too. Um, so, like I said, he, Breaker uses the blood to kind of protect the building. He tells the group who are all scared <laughs> that they have to wait out the night. If they can make it through the night, this can pass. Um, so the collector is psychic. He's basically, for me, I keep calling him like Satan or the devil, which I don't think he may not be that powerful. But... He's basically like the catalyst of the end of days. Yeah. It's just a fight against good and evil. 
breaker preventing the collector from destroying the whole world by having this key. Now the collector's like, well, how do I get in there? The demons can't get in there. Everything's protected. So he's got to use his psychic powers to try to get to someone. And people are supposed to stay away from the windows, but they don't. They really should. So now Cordelia's looking out the window. Mm-hmm. And so he starts, like, mind-talking to her, like, all the stuff he could offer her and how beautiful she is. Poor Cordelia. Seems downright criminal to treat such a pretty girl that way. Did I say pretty? I meant beautiful. Because you are, you are beautiful, Cordelia. Inside and out. Maybe nobody here can see it, but I sure can. I understand you. I know what you want. I know what you need. Guys like Roach, they think just because they're paying for it that they can treat you like shit. They spend the same money on dinner and a movie they can call you girlfriend instead of whore. Whore. What a horrible word that is to use on someone who's really just a sad girl who's looking for love. She's like, cool, and then one thing that bothers me is, like, Roach, like, Thomas Hayden Church's character, he's such a jerk in it in the fact that it's taken people forever to get on Frank Breaker's side. Yeah. Like, it seems like even halfway through, they're all like, this is crazy, right? I don't trust you. I'm like, there are people getting punched in the face, through their face, and demons, and you're still, like, not sure to follow this guy. I'd be like, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. If it's going to prevent the end of the world. Yeah. The way his attitude was is like, uh, really, they're here for you. Uh, I'm not going to risk my life for you. So how about you just give yourself up? That way we can move on to the rest of our lives. But what this guy doesn't understand is that he's going to fucking die anyway. <laughs> yeah. He's going to fucking yeah. die anyway. So it doesn't matter. You can't bargain. You can't bargain with the devil. We've learned that in Wishmaster. Yes. We've learned that in all kinds of movies where it's like you think you're going to get out of it and then they're like, nah, JK. Yeah, guess what? You know, you're going to die anyway, bro. So uh, he, he's just that much of an egotistical fool. The purpose of his, of his character is just to show that even if you have people who are trying to prevent you from dying and whatnot, like you are so stubborn and evil to the point where you don't want to listen and you're out. You're pretty much out there for your own benefit and uh, you don't care about anybody else. Yeah, because then at first, Roach is like, well, I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to go. So he starts to leave. He wants Cordelia to come with them. This is around the time Cordelia was going to get possessed. So goes to, to go with them. Um, there's like a fight. You find out that like he's got, Breaker's got some special bullets. If you shoot them in the eye, it releases their soul or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they're they're dead. So that's how you have to get them. So you got to be a pretty good shot because yeah. you got to hit them in the eyes. So Cordelia gets possessed. And now she's really mad at Roach anyway because he pretty much pushed her out in front of him, used her as a shield in a way, you know, not really protecting her. And she's like, why am I even with this guy? I asked that same thing. Why are you? So she goes upstairs. And so this whole time you find out that Wally, uh, the postal clerk, um, has lost his job. He's all bummed. He really, he's had a crush on Cordelia for a long time. He's always loved her. And he goes upstairs after she's gotten possessed in the window. I feel like this would have gave it away, but he falls for it hook, line, and sinker. Oh, yeah. Because she's all like, oh, my gosh, I, you know, come here. I can't believe how sweet you've been, all this stuff. And he's just like, oh, my gosh, I've loved you forever. It's been probably years that she's never given him more than just friend vibes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, sweet. So then he, like, kisses her, and then um, she kills him. And uh, I'm trying to remember. How did she kill him? Uh, she Well, once he transformed and whatnot, she, I mean, like, she had him on the bed, 
And she was basically like clawing his face like to shreds. Oh yeah, that's right. And as soon as she 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 literally picked him up, claws dug into his face, picked him up one handed, and tossed his ass out the doorway towards like everyone trying to stop it. So he yeah he was dead. Man, these demons are great. <laughs> yeah, they they're creative. Yeah, I really like the kills and stuff on this. Yeah, because then during this, that's when uh, Irene or CCH Pounder is trying to fight him, and there's this really gross scene where the demon hits her arm, and you see the bone pop out and break. Mm-hmm. But then to make it worse, they he the demon rips her arm off. Yep. And she's just like, oh, my God. And so she recovers from that pretty well. I mean, she gets drunk, mm-hmm. but she can still move pretty well, considering I'd be passed out. But they kind of, like, tie her up and everything and wrap her up, and so she's got this little stump, and she's just like, screw all this. So then Breaker kills the Cordelia demon, so she's she's gone and Wally's gone. They head downstairs. Uh, I guess just to recover from the from the incident, and you know that, that that's when um, TCH Pounder was uh, getting alcohol in her system and getting the 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 blood to clot up and whatnot, and just pretty much talk about what the situation is going on and what the hell's going to happen now. So they get down there and they find that there's like uh, some a, like a gap coming through or like a breeze and there's an old mine tunnel under the building, which I'd forgotten about this when I was watching it. I was like, oh, yeah. So Roach takes a sledgehammer and starts, you know, hitting the hole in there and stuff. And that's where they find a, this boy, Danny, from the beginning. I think his parents own the restaurant. Yeah. And they had that, his, his dad's car was the car that was going to it was trying to get stolen or whatever from from Frank. So he's just hiding there all curled up and they're like, oh, you know, why are you hiding there? What's up? You know, and then these demons come flying out like some of the townspeople. So it's I guess it's they're all possessed. So I guess you could almost assume that everyone in the town is possessed. Well, hey, it's a small town. So like we, we don't if you were to look up the, the, the novelization, like it'll tell you that it's like if I recall, it's about like 100 people in that town. OK, but in the, in the film, they don't really disclose that. But yeah, it's a small town. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of got that because it seems like everyone knows everyone. Yeah, it's definitely one of those kind of towns where people know of, like the, the novelization, like says that Cordelia, right? She's a teacher, right? But on the side, like she, she, she basically gave up teaching to be a prostitute, and like everyone knows about the fact that she was a teacher and she gave up to be a prostitute. So that, that pretty much tells you, like you know, how small this town is. That everyone knows that. And that you could even make money off of that if it's that small of a town. Hey, I guess, I guess I guess if it's that good, you know, you're still going to have customers. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's, that, that's not, I guess. Just Roach is basically keeping her alive. Probably, yeah. The money. Yeah. Not everyone will hook a battery to you. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, probably. So Danny's freaked out. And Danny was cool. I liked him. He's just he's like, he's like 12. He's got like long blonde hair. Um, kind of quiet. But his parents are dead from the demons and things like that. Um, so they get driven back into the church and they seal that little area that they had broken with the sledgehammer which i found interesting that this blood can seal just about anything Mm -hmm. because even when they're on the staircase and there's really no full frame they're able to seal the staircase yeah Mm -hmm. and i'm like all right well apparently can seal all the things so they go back in there now everyone from the boarding house is like what is going on this is when they're all up on the staircase they've sealed off the staircase and he's sitting there and like there's demons following them and some of them have gotten into the house because you can't shoot the bullets at the door or like wherever it's sealed, it breaks it. Yep. So that's how it gets broken, and a couple demons are like running around, and so they seal. They're all sitting on top of the staircase, which I kind of like this scene. They're all hanging out. Everyone's suffering. They got the kid, and everyone's like, "What's going on?" So Breaker tells the story, and it's it's a deep one. It's basically a power that's passed down. You have to fight this collector forever uh, to help prevent the end of the world. He's been doing it since 1917. It was passed down to him in World War One. 
So that, and everyone's like, well, that would make you so, and he's like, yeah, I know I'm the same age I've been for like 80 years. Mm -hmm. uh, so he was in the trenches there, World War One. I. I guess they were fighting demons there too, it looked like. Mm -hmm. And then the guy in the trench with them was the old fighter, and then he got the blood off that guy, put it in the key, and has had to do it ever since. So he's been doing it for, yeah, about 80 years. And we, and we don't even know if the collector that we see in this film it was the same collector in 1917. That's the funny thing. So like we don't know how many collectors that Breaker has had to kill in order to avoid uh, the end of days. So like you know, that just tells you something. Yeah. But I was also thinking, because, yeah, I guess that would make sense, but I was also thinking that maybe it was the same collector for the past 80 years. Could be. And that you have to pass it down every time one's killed. Yeah, it definitely could be. So, I mean, that could be too. But, yeah, I could see him maybe fighting multiple until you think you found the right person to, to pass it on to. Or I guess you have to die in order to pass it on. Right, right. And it also goes back, like, when he got this power from feeling the key, this this demon stuff goes all the way back to the beginning. So we got, you got Jesus on the cross. You got the two dudes next to him. Mm -hmm. You're seeing, like, a lot of um, visions, like, of suffering and collecting the blood and the key. And so this thing has been going on since the beginning of everything. Mm -hmm. There's been tons of people fighting these collectors, and it seems exhausting to me. I can't imagine, like, looking over my shoulder for, like, 50 years as this thing is just slowly following me. Yeah, and, and when you uh, inherit those powers and right now and uh, that responsibility, like, all those memories, even from the beginning, get uh, like, they hit you, like, as if you were a part of it. It's almost like a flat, huge flashback as if you experienced it. That that gives you all the in-depth knowledge of the history of what's been going on and the gravity of the situation. Like, you know, like that is what that at that point you have that tattoo on your hand, that star tattoo on your hand there right there. That's that's a huge gravity of the situation right there in your in your hand. Yeah, it's a lot of responsibility because, yeah, when you get that key too, you get these seven stars and there's like a it's like a cluster. But as they start to form into like a circle, I think it's more dire that there's going to be an issue with this collector because mm -hmm. in the beginning, that's what Breaker was getting upset about. He could tell it was coming. So like in this in the storyline, so the, the earth is created by God and then the demons have used seven keys to focus the power of the, the universe into their hands. When God created light, it scattered the demons, which to me reminded me of like when you turn on the light from roaches and they scatter. Mm -hmm. Yep. They scatter the demons. The keys get scattered. Breaker has the last key and he has to protect it. Because the demons have the other keys. Yes, so it's it's very crucial right now that this is being protected. So we're coming close. Some someday someone's gonna. It's not gonna work, you know. Yeah. It could be the next couple hundred years, but you never know. Yep. So when you have the key, like I said, you're immortal. Um, you have to pass it on, refill it with your own blood when you die. So he's telling everyone this, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh!" And even here, Roach, by Tom, played by Thomas Hayden Church, is still not quite believing it. He thinks if he just gives this key back. He will get to leave and everything will be fine. It's like he didn't hear any of the story. Yeah, mm -hmm, pretty much. He was just like, oh, what? Key? Okay, nothing. I'm not scared of demons. So he tries to, like, comfort Frank. And he's like, oh, hey, man, you know, I get it and stuff. And he steals the key out of the side of his pocket. So now Roach has this key. And you're like, great. So this is when they realize through all the story that Danny disappeared, the kid. So they'll start looking for him. And they head up to the ch the church attic to look for him. And that's when they find out, Irene and Bob find out that, that Wally, the postal clerk, had been planning to attack the post office with a, with a bunch of weapons. Mm -hmm. And so there's like a trunk of all these guns and things, like a lot of guns, and for just one dude. So it's like kind of a throwback to like the whole postal clerk going postal. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of thing, you know. Special delivery. <laughs> <laughs> 
And what I find interesting, too, is so they go up to the attic and they find that Uncle Willie's up there and he's getting drunk. Obviously, there's a bunch of alcohol. That's where they find the guns. <laughs> and the kid. Yeah. He's hanging out with Danny and Danny's reading Tales from the Crypt comic books. Yeah. And just chilling out like, oh, my parents are dead. Look at this comic book. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Dick Miller. Dick Miller had me rolling with that line. He's like, hey, I found the kid. I bet he found you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's just out there like no i'm helping i'm helping i'm drinking this and cch pounder's like give me that alcohol my arm has been ripped off <laughs> leave the bottle yeah old crusty bitch oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man see i watched that movie too much to just memorize all the lines <laughs> that's just too much uncle willie gets possessed by the collector no no uncle willie <laughs> and he looks pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. His, uh, he's like, it's usually the face you see when you look up the movie. It's like him real close up. But the way he gets possessed is kind of fun because it's always like a play on, which I guess he's, he's already tried to convince Geraldine, right? The collector did. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. He fails to convince her. Jada Pinkett Smith is like, mm-mm. Do me a favor. Don't scream. Just hear what I've got to say and then scream. So young. You've got so much to live for, and yet where the hell are you? You're stuck in this house. You're stuck in this town. There's a great big world out there, Geraldine. You should travel. You can see it all. I can help you. You want Paris, Rome, Athens? You got it. Of course, if you don't help me, well, that's a whole other picture. But it's always like, you know, how beautiful you could be or the things you could have, the money you could have. Or in Uncle Willie's case, all the women who are naked you could have. Yep. <laughs> and so he ends up in his little dream sequence or whatever, what he could have. He walks onto this tropical bar and is, the collector's behind there making drinks for him. And it's just all these beautiful women who are naked and loving all over him and stuff. And he's like, yeah, okay. So. Holy shit. Hi, Uncle Willie. Poor Uncle Willie. You look like you've had a long, hard day, Uncle oh, Willie. Oh, my goodness. I could use a long, hard one. Ooh, I know I could. <laughs> Here you go, Uncle Willie. Oh, yeah. Oh, gee. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Willie, are you okay? Try, Try mine. mine! Try mine! Try mine! Try mine! Suck this one down, Uncle Willie. Long, hard one. Nothing gets you fucked up faster. Am I right, guys? Am I right? He's looking at you, Uncle Willie. Yeah, you know, you cast some porn stars for those roles, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Chasey Lane yeah. being one of them. Yeah. Who? Chasey Lane. Who's that? Chasey Lane was like one of the most go-to porn stars in the 90s. Like, she, she was popular. She was like the, um, that guy, what's that one that a lot of people fucking watch nowadays? Oh, God, the one, the one, got, the one that got beat up but by that MMA fighter. Oh, I don't know. But, but anyway, regardless, uh, irrelevant. Um, the, <laughs> the fact is, like, no, she was, she was like the, the mainstream 90s porn star actress uh, of that era so because i think even the chick in the beginning and the beginning side movie was from something too oh oh the, the the name of that uh that current day porn star uh christy mack okay yeah no, 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 that was the name i was thinking of 
but yeah, like uh, they they definitely casted a couple of porn stars for for that role. That 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 was, that was crazy too. I didn't even think about that until I saw some of the names on the cast list. I was like, it's Elaine. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, okay. So Uncle Willie gets possessed and he starts attacking everybody. And so while everyone's fighting Uncle Willie, this is when Roach has the key and he's like, hey, collector, you know, how about I, I give you this key and you let me go and I'll just walk out of here. And he's like, all right, that sounds cool. So he gives him the key and he like puts it in this like soft suitcase that's like going to protect it. He puts it in there. He's like, cool. I want that suitcase. Yeah. So Roach starts walking down the staircase past these demons who are not touching him. He's just like, cool. So then the collector's like, oh, hey. And he's like, what? And he's like, I lied. And then all the demons just come in and rip them apart. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, yeah. You don't feel bad for that, dude. <laughs> Not one bit. No, no. I'm trying to think how Breaker gets the key back. Because they're fighting. Because if he had the key, wouldn't that mean it's over? Yeah. So so basically what the collector had to do is like he had the key in his possession, but he had to kill Breaker in okay. to, to succeed in, in, the, in the mission. While he's fishing for people, once they actually get up to the second balcony, he's like, uh hello anybody here to play anybody uh, out there to come to play and all of a sudden he goes hello and all of a sudden that's when breaker shoots an arrow at the collector's eye and love that scene yeah and all of a sudden he's like or not and then he falls all the way <laughs> down and the suitcase with the with the key in it is still on the second balcony and he recovers it okay yeah Okay, yeah, because yeah, I was I think I was too busy laughing at that scene. I really I like how he's just like, okay, guys, and then the bow and arrow right into his eye. Great shot right into his eye. And he's just like, or not and falls back down. And then the next time you see him, he's got sunglasses on. Yeah. And and, yeah, and that was such a great shot uh, of them putting the camera on like the arrow or whatever, however they shot like in the perspective of the arrow uh-huh. going straight towards his eye. It was so close of a shot towards the eye. And I was like, that was a great, great shot. And so Willie's dead. Breaker gets the key back. Uh, there's also a scene where um, he tries to tempt Irene by presenting her arm to him, to her. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was real funny. And right away, she she does the best thing. She lifts her nub and he's like, what? And she's like, I'm giving you the finger <laughs> with my back. nub. I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's immediately like, this isn't going to work. Because he's got her arm like on a platter of like garnishes. Just like, would you like your arm back? <laughs> So she's just like, go to hell. Like, like, do we have a deal? No, that's <laughs> giving you the finger, asshole. I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> so then also, Irene then and Bob sacrificed themselves to stop the minions coming up the staircase. I feel like they didn't really have to. I mean, did it really slow anything down? The collector ended up up there with them anyway. Yeah, I, I don't think they realized that by their sacrifice and whatnot that he was still going to be alive. I, I think they did it to take care of all the demons that they had coming for them. I mean, because if you think about it, a large explosion of that yield with all those grenades, that would have been enough to blow those demons' heads off, which would have caused their eyes to be blown off, too. So true. that would have taken care of those demons. However, it, it's not, well, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it later, but, like, there's a certain rule about a high-level demon as opposed to the low-level demons that plays a factor later in, that, in the third act. But mm. th- th- there is one thing I want to uh, note on, too, about these demons. Sure. Uh, if you go back to Uncle Willie's transformation, right, when he started choking out Breaker, it's crazy how they try to manipulate those who are not affected, right? So if you remember, as Geraldine's trying to threaten Uncle Willie to put Breaker down, he turns around and he's normal again. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Geraldine, you wouldn't hurt your own Uncle Willie now, would you, baby? And all of a sudden, she, she starts lowering the knife because she's like, oh, my God, like, it's still him. And he back slaps the hell back slaps her to the wall if you really think about it like 
a lot this is how people can get manipulated by the demons because you once it's almost like you once think that they're still there and there's a way to save them but there really isn't yeah they're they're already gone there's no way but to just kill them yeah which sucks too because you know that that plays on emotions and feelings of those who are close to you yeah i feel like he was probably some sort of father figure to her yeah uh yeah so i mean that that was a really good scene too and i'm trying to think the part too because then so yeah so irene and bob irene finds like eight grenades hooked onto like a vest thing and so she goes downstairs to help Bob, the deputy, fight them, and he sees what she's got, and he's like, cool, we'll just go down together. So they pull all of the grenades and explode. So then everyone's up, stuck up in the attic. Danny gets brainwashed, which is kind of cool because some of the scenes are, like, playing out in the comic book that you can see, like, what the monster's going to turn into. And his, Danny's demon is pretty creepy. Yeah, yeah, they, they went all out for, for demon Danny. Yeah, his face, it's like his mouth is like split in half, kind of like open, and then there's like a big old tongue. Thing concept art for Demon Danny, like, Demon Danny was, he almost looked like a bull in a way. Like, he had like straight up long ass horns with a snout. They went the other way with it, and you know, like, trust me, like, uh, I, I definitely like where they went with it. Yeah, I think it was really, really cool. And then like tying it to the comic as it was playing out was, was neat. Yeah, that was a great touch too. Danny's all possessed, and he kills Breaker, but not like completely, like he's mortally wounded. Uh-huh. So he's up against the wall, like, all bleeding and stuff. So the, yeah, so then Geraldine kills Danny. So Danny's dead. So Breaker's all dying, and that's when you find out that Geraldine's kind of like the chosen one. So Jada Pinkett Smith's character is supposed to be the next one to go on, and she's like, wait, what? I'm just an ex-convict. I don't know if I want this, like, thing. And she seems like she's gotten attached to him pretty quickly. Yeah. It's been, like, five hours, and she's, like, crying. So Yeah, she, uh, she mentioned it when she first, like, spoke to him, when she uh, talked to him about the... The whole like, oh, I didn't mean to put a knife to your throat type deal. And they sat together. And he goes, and she goes like, you know, um, yeah, I know you didn't mean to and whatnot. But there's something about you, and you're okay of a guy. And then he even goes and asks her, did the collector try to possess you? That's the reason why he didn't succeed because you are the chosen one. This is exactly why I'm here. But see, like Irene could have been the chosen one. He didn't succeed with her. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, I mean, it could also be like. Maybe deep down she knew that she was meant to be the guardian, so she kind of was drawn to him mm-hmm. kind of thing. So she finds out she's the guardian. She's like, all right. Breaker dies, and so she's able to, like, put the blood, his blood or whatever in the key. And so now it becomes, like, this whole other thing of her and the Collector fighting each other. Everyone else is gone. It's just, like, this this battle thing. And so she waits for him to come up to the attic. She covers herself in a lot of this blood. It's soaked all the way down her clothes, which brings on a goof later in a bit. Uh, because she's soaked on the clothes and, and he comes up there. The collector's all like, you know, I know you're up here. Okay, so just come out. And she comes out and um, he goes to like, I guess, shake her hand or grab her hand. Mm-hmm. And then the blood burns him because it's like this special blood. So then he's all mad. So then it gets real funny because then he's just like, okay, here we go. So he just like grabs her and like he throws her into the tub and he's got her wrapped up in a sheet so he or in the uh, shower curtain so he can't touch her. But he's like running the water all over her and she's screaming. And she's got the key, and it's like, I think it's still kind of open and maybe dripping out the blood, because you need the blood in there. Yeah. Which I was thinking it was a problem if it ran completely out of blood, but I don't think that's the case, if they just need the keys. Oh, no, no, no. Like, uh, it, it was it was definitely specific to, to the to the key rule, where, you know, uh, he even, Spraker even mentions to all of them, like, so what happens when the blood runs out? He goes, they bring back the darkness. Okay, because it seems like, though... I mean, well, because she doesn't really put the blood back in the key from Breaker, actually, until the collector's gone. Well, what I'm thinking happened is that, like, he didn't manage to empty it all out. Okay. Because she was able to, like, there was some that was pouring out, but then 
she knocks the key, the, the other end of the key into his eye to distract him and put him in pain for a bit. And then she swallows, I guess, whatever like amount is in there yeah. in order to like, you know, keep the whole battle going. But it's like a little bit left in there. Yeah, it just seems a little convenient. <laughs> yeah, trust me, it, it's a way, it's a, it's really convenient of a situation, <laughs> like what you would think, like, uh, it looks like it's all empty. Yeah, so, like, he's got her in the shower, and he, and he washes her off so well that her clothes becomes completely white, which would not happen. Uh, I don't think you can wash blood out that easily. What's hide or something? Like... <laughs> yeah, but then I was also like, well, he is, like, a devil demon thing. Maybe he just could do that. Um, so this part I thought was funny because he wraps her up in the sheet and he's like got her, he's got her by her feet and he just drags her down these stairs and you can tell it's gonna hurt. It's just like boom, boom, boom. And he's dragging and the whole time he's just talking like, I can't believe we're doing this. You could have just, you know. And so this whole time she's got a mouthful of this blood that she drank off of the key. She also, like you said, took the key and hit him in the eye. So then now he doesn't have the sunglasses on. They were like his favorite pair mm-hmm. or something because she hit him again. And he didn't like that. He made a big loud noise. Which, uh, speaking of noises, what's with all the, like, the puma sounds? What do you mean? Or whatever in this movie. There's, like, three or four sounds where, like, anytime the demon or something gets attacked, it's, like, rawr, like Oh, oh, the, like, I, like, I chalked that up to the, the raging bull sound bite. <laughs> the, the raging, like, all you hear is a straight-up snarl, snarl of a bull. Is that, is that what it is? Sound like a puma. Yeah. <laughs> like, one way or the other, they took a sound bite of a puma or a bull. They mix it up a little bit, and all you see is that that that, that, yeah. that type of sound. But yeah, because he makes that sound there, I think there too. And so this whole time he's dragging her and talking to her, she's got this mouthful of nasty old blood just in her mouth, and it's kind of dripping out a little out of her mouth. Um, and you can so it kind of looks like maybe she had like a cut lip or something. And so he's he doesn't really get suspicious, but he does ask her like, "Why aren't you talking? You were so talkative, right, right, like a second ago." And so he's got her up, and he's like dancing with her. And she's just this whole time trying to, like, not swallow this blood. And you're just waiting because you're like, I know what she's going to do. <laughs> yeah. And so he starts, like, talking to her. And he's, I don't think he was completely sincere, but he was also like, hey, girl, I feel like we have a connection. You could be my queen of the darkness or whatever if you want. And then his flame penis gets out of control. <laughs> <His> flame penis. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny because it's like, yeah, it just shoots out of his pants, like out of his jeans. It's just like a big, long flame that's like flying out. And he's like, whoa, down boy. Sorry about that. I know what you're thinking. He's got the key. What else could he possibly want now? Hmm? I want you. You know, no one's ever brought a demon knight over to the other side before. Well, not in one piece anyway. Honey, you'd be the first. There'd be a period of adjustment, of course. I'm very easy to live with. I'm clean, I don't drink much, and I know my folks are gonna love you. I notice you're not saying anything. Hmm? Is that because you're thinking of something to say? What the hell is there to think about? There was a time when a coy silence was appreciated in a woman. Well, this is not one of those times. And you're really starting to piss me off! (laughs) No more. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to get angry. I, I... Jolene. Jolene, I'm going to say something to you I haven't said to, to anyone. Jolene, I, I... You. Jolene, I... You. Jolene, do you think you could ever find it in your heart to possibly me? 
So they're dancing and all this stuff. And so she confronts them and stuff. And so eventually I'm waiting, like I'm watching. I'm like, I know what's going to happen. She spits the blood from the key into his face. And then he changes back to his, his original form, which was pretty sweet. Yeah. And gets destroyed. So then that's when at dawn she goes back and she fills it with the blood, which apparently, like, I, I looked up some of the trivia. I don't think that would actually happen because if he had been dead and his heart had stopped, the blood would have been flowing like it was. Yeah. But, oh, well, fills it up. she fills it up with Breaker's blood and she's like, cool, I guess this is me now. So she takes the cat and she it, it shoots to her like she's got the key around her neck like a necklace and she's like, here I go. I guess I got to continually move. She it shows her the next day boarding a bus. And she seals the door behind her as she gets on the bus, which I'm like, the demon could already be on the bus, but all right. And so then it starts driving down the road and it's the best because then like it stops to pick up another guy and it's a completely different guy and played by Mark David Kennerly. And he looks at the bus and he's standing there with his hat and his own briefcase thing. And he's like, I'll get the next one. And nah, nah, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) He declines to get on there. He's like, I got this. And then so you're like, okay, well, that's him because he's dressed identically to the other collector. Mm Mm-hmm. And has that same suitcase. And so she sees that he's a collector. So now she knows what he looks like. She looks out the window. And then the butt drives on. And I'm guessing, like, he starts following her on foot. Does he have to travel normally to catch up with her? Is that, like, part of the penance or whatever of it? Or the challenge? And that's another detail that was not disclosed. I actually have not gotten that far in the novelization yet to kind of comment on that one. However, he is a demon, right? So, like, there are other ways and avenues I'm sure he can travel. I mean, like, we, we saw what... Uh, the original collector looked like in his ori- original demon form. He had wings. So uh, chances are he could transform and travel by air if he need be, but we probably just didn't see that. I figured that he would be able to keep up with her more. Like maybe Breaker wouldn't have been able to hold off the collector that long if, he, if that's how he could travel. Right, right, right. And like, like we don't even know how in-depth Breaker's methods were to try to keep, to, to stay away from the, from the collector in the first place. Like he had to, do some crazy shit to stay off the radar or constantly and stay in movement. I mean, because the guy said he's, he's been doing it for about 80, 90 years and whatnot. Yeah. He even, he even mentioned himself as a, an old man running out of time. Like we don't know what his, what his methods were or like how he had to go about staying away off of the uh, collector's uh, radar. Chances are he probably had to do some really, really crazy off the wall type stuff in order to do so. I don't think I'd want that responsibility. Sounds exhausting. I mean, yeah, you got, you constantly got to watch your back. Like, Okay, so I could die at any moment for any reason. And, and that's crazy, too, because, like, you may be technically immortal, but we've never seen what could happen if, if like, Breaker got hit by a car or something. And, yeah. you know, say, for example, if you die that way, like, is it over? That's a rule that's not even established. Like, we don't even see what could happen to Breaker if he's killed by non-demon means, you know? And you still have to eat and sleep and all that. I don't think this collector has to do that. No, no, not at all. It doesn't need to eat, sleep, or nothing. Yeah, I mean, the only thing we've seen uh, the collector do is drink a cup of water. Yeah, so then the collect the new collector is following the bus on foot, and then he whistles the theme song from Tales from the Crypt. That's cute. Yeah. So, and then it pans over to, like, this graveyard thing, and there's this little red carnation. A hand comes out, and it gets plucked up, and it gets pulled down through the grave. And apparently, on its way down, uh, you can see it says something about Jimmy Hoffa, yeah. Or something, according to the, the trivia here, that's his, that's his grave, apparently. And um, it gets drawn down, and then you got the Crypt Keeper down there. And- ah, I love Scarnations. You'll be happy to know, kitties, that Geraldine lived happily ever after. In fact, I even got a ghost card from her. She's traveling the world and having a fabulous time. 
As for me, I'm afraid I've got to hurry. Tonight's our big scream in. And yeah, so then it closes up the movie and that's the end. I'm so convinced that the Crypt Keeper lives in New Mexico because, like, come on, like, if you're, if you're digging out a rose or a star nation from the grave in a New Mexico, in New Mexico, then that's where your crypt is. I'm convinced that the crypt is in New Mexico somewhere. That's an interesting thought. I didn't think about that. So his crypt is in New Mexico and he's half Egyptian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And, and I mean, he's definitely, I also think he gets a little bit crazier in the later seasons of the show. Like, and he wears a lot more outfits. I feel like they put a lot more like suits and I don't know, like just more full outfits than he was in the first couple of seasons. Oh yeah. He definitely developed a personality. Like, he, he definitely became a little bit more open. Yeah, and then there's a, so I have some IMDb trivia here. I just want to go through real quick. There's just a couple things I thought was kind of interesting. So for the set, it was like in an airplane hangar. So they had birds that were always nesting in the rafters of the set. So it would cause audio problems. So before each take, they would shoot a blank gunshot to startle and quiet the birds. Each take. So it's like, you, you messed up your line. Hang on a second. Pfft. Okay, everybody go. Yep, true. And uh, those birds would continuous, continuously flock into those rafters and... You know, like, like they be shitting on the <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I wonder how many times they had to, like, reshoot because someone just got it on the shoulder, like... Probably a couple times. And, you know, the, the, like, that little incident, that event actually got detailed in the Blu-ray featurette. Yeah, I also thought it was interesting, too, that they said uh, CCH Pounder was fitted with a fat suit to help disguise her arm after it was ripped off. So I guess, like, she tucked her arm inside the fat suit. But she's always kind of been a curvier lady anyway. So, I mean, I didn't think it looked too bad on her anyway, but... Yeah, she's... It's always been curvy. Uh, I think they like they wanted uh, like a heavier set woman as far as I was as far as I was tracking. But like CCH Pounder's performance and audition like was so good that they were like, you know, like like, like let's get CCH Pounder to do this, and like we'll like we'll put her in a fat suit, like you know, like because she was skinny, she, she was skinny in, in that time in that time frame, and okay, they were like you know we're gonna put her in a fat suit and whatnot and give her like like this motherly type homeowner type deal personality, and that's when they put her in the fat suit for that. Yeah, it didn't look too bad. There was a little parts where you could kind of, I could see it. Yeah, mm -hmm, definitely. Any closing thoughts on Demon Knight? Overall, great, great opening story for the tale cinematic Booniverse, as I like to call it. <laughs> it's a shame that we didn't get any proper continuation of it. As we all know, like Tales from the Crypt is an anthology series, and uh, the films were meant to be an anthology series, uh, anthology series too. However, they were supposed to correlate properly with one another. But due to what happened with Demon Knight and whatnot and the sequel, it sucks that it didn't get the proper send-off that it was supposed to. Demon Knight overall, it, it definitely was a traditional Tales uh, like episode in movie form. The only problem is, is like, it, it's, a, it's original content. It has nothing to do with the EC Comics period. You know, it takes the elements of an EC comic and makes it uh, into a film format. But the characters are great. Uh, the, the premise was awesome. The Crypt Keeper intro and outro sequences were awesome. I just, I hate the fact that we didn't get a full intro sequence. There might have been a little bit more context regarding the story that we didn't get. Just for the fact that it's a Crypt Keeper sequence. Like, you know, like more Crypt Keeper for me is a great, is, is a great Tales uh, episode or movie, <laughs> period. So when it comes to the Blu-ray release of the, of the film and whatnot, I was, I was deeply upset that we didn't get that extended uh, footage. The, the movie, for me, like 10 out of 10 for me. 10 out of 10, wow. Yeah, I was expecting a lot because I know people it's been a long time since I've seen it and a lot of people were like oh my gosh Demon Knight 
And I wouldn't say it was amazing, but it was very good. It was very enjoyable. It kept me interested. The kills and the creatures were fantastic. It was funny, a little action-packed. The plot really, it was pretty solid. I liked all the throw-ins of the Crypt Keeper and the theme song and the comic book. Mm-hmm. I mean, without that, it wouldn't you wouldn't have known any different, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd probably, I'd probably give it, I guess I'd probably give it like an 8 out of 10. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Absolutely. It's pretty good, especially in the whole Tales from the Crypt section, considering it's not an anthology like the previous two were. Yeah. Even though it's like a 20-year gap now in a different production company. But still, I, I recommend it, definitely. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for talking with me today. This has been awesome. Yes, it's awesome to be part of the podcast and whatnot. Uh, I definitely would love to be a part of the show uh, a little bit more, if you don't mind. Uh, whenever you got a, whenever you got an episode coming up and you want me to be a part of it, I'm more than happy to be here. That sounds good. I'll keep that in mind. And I would love to have you on Cryptube as well. So, like, you know, whenever I have a discussion for Cryptube, I'd love to invite you and discuss uh, what's going on in one of those episodes as well. Yeah, we've we've had to talk a little bit about a couple things to maybe touch on. Yes, yes. Uh, is there anything else you want to plug? Yeah. Uh, so basically with the with Cryptube and whatnot, uh, in case you guys haven't figured out or uh, realized, uh, I was away for about nine months uh, on a deployment. So there was a there was an episode that I was currently working on in production that I never got a chance to finish or even be able to post because lack of Wi-Fi or Internet was <laughs> I have very limited capabilities out there, guys. Basically, I have one coming up called the Tale Cinematic Booniverse. Um, which details the uh, the three film layout that we had, including Demon Knight, Bordello Blood, and Ritual. And there's a whole bunch of uh, details regarding those films uh, behind the scenes and a lot of stuff that is not really touched upon in terms of the rules of the key that I really wanted to talk about in that episode. So that's going to be coming up soon. And then the next one's going to be The Psyche of the Crypt Keeper. That one detailing about how uh, the Crypt Keeper is the way he is and you know, like, how did he get that way? We all saw how he was born, but, like, what made him what he is? And is it all in his mind? Or are the tales that we see in these episodes or even the movies, are they all in his mind making these up in order to appease his pleasure of the macabre or j- just to cope with who he is? He's a he's a undead living cadaver making tales up just to appease his mental psyche. For example, you know, going back to Demon Knight, the collector says, wow, who makes up all these rules? Well, technically, the Crypt Keeper does because this is his tale, right? So mm. that's exactly why I want to touch on that subject. And that, that one's going to be coming up soon, too. Well, there you have it, kitties. I hope everyone has a great holiday season and a happy new year. Thank you all for your support of the Good Evening Kitties podcast this year and for listening. If you have a question or comment, please email the podcast at goodeveningpod at gmail.com. There's also a Twitter page that's at GEK Podcast or at GEC Podcast. Please leave a review at Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever they're calling it now. Or on Pod Republic, or you can leave one on Facebook, or anywhere else you can leave comments. You can check out episodes and movie reviews on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. Again, thank you so much, and I hope you have a very scary Christmas.